0: What's involved it is. Welcome. Good to have you along with us. Uh, another guest lined up for you. Uh, this gentleman is a very interesting guest, though, because uh, apparently, apparently, he is the, and let me make sure I, I, I get this right, the Chief Experience Officer. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, you got it right. little play, play on words, I guess.
0: There we go. He is the Chief Experience Officer of a company called The Humanity SA, and he is Sean Roth. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me, man. It's an absolute pleasure. We, we've been trying to do this for a bit now, and I'm glad we got a chance to talk because somehow, over the last while, a lot of my conversations that I've, I've been having with people um, have started and, and been relating, and it's, it's all about becoming more em- Empathetic uh, about becoming more aware, more conscious. So, before we dive into all of this, tell me a little bit about Sean. Where were you born, bred, and and what was the path that led you to where you currently are at Humanity SA?
1: Yeah, cool, David. So, I think well, I think born and bred Johannesburg. Uh, didn't didn't move too far away from uh, my my where I grew up as a child. And so, yeah, born and bred in Johannesburg. And uh, you know, I think you know, in terms of, I guess, where I came from professionally to where we are at the moment is that, you know, my background is actually in education and sports psychology. So while, you know, while studying to become a sports psychologist, I was a teacher and, uh, you know, did, you know, everything from the coaching to the phys ed to the life orientation. And it was a, a means to an end for me in terms of paying off studies and things like that. And so I think that, you know i guess my background in education i think is probably the biggest influencer on how i view the world um you know being in education and and and, and molding lives i guess is a is is a big responsibility and i think that you take that responsibility from a young life into somebody who's just a bit older than that who becomes an employee and you know you really do you know you really do care about uh you know the 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 betterment of that human you know and I think that apart from just the, the the teaching in a classroom the coaching on a sports field and then that also you know I guess ran into the psychology piece of this which was really around high performance and you know the high performance not just necessarily of an individual but very much more of the team itself, you know, so what a high performance teams look like. It's, it's always been a massive fascination of mine. Um, you know, why, you know, why were the Manchester Uniteds of the nineties just so unbelievably good, you know, because they didn't seem to have like just a, you know, it wasn't like the Real Madrid Galactico teams, which just had like these superstars. They were a bunch of, you know, bunch of folks who just seemed to, when they did it together, were much better than the rest and they, and they were consistent, et cetera. And so, you know, those, those sorts of fascinations really did lead me into a, uh, a couple of years in private practice where i was trying to work with sports teams uh, from a south african perspective um you know <laughs> unfortunately that didn't quite work out as planned because i i'm going to say i was ahead ahead of my time in terms of the south african market acknowledging the use of psychology in high performance sport because when i approached rugby teams like the bulls and the lions you know this is Fifteen years ago, the you know the, the 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 narrative I got back was a little bit different, um, and so tried to shift into corporate, and uh, yeah, I guess when you're trying to find a place in corporate and you haven't really come from a corporate background, you got to you know you got to be quite. Uh, yeah, you 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 gotta be uh, you guess you've gotta find a way. And 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 through that I found a yeah, a mate who was in recruitment and I said, Shucks, mate, what do I do here? I'm trying to find a way into corporate. I've you know, like the what do you think? And he said, Well, HR recruitment recruitment's a good way to start. And so, you know, a couple of years in recruitment, really learning about what people do inside bigger corporates and business was has led me, you know, to, or led us to starting humanity five years ago. Um, which is, in its essence, an employee experience company, hence the chief experience officer. Um, and, and, and experience really is everything, you know, as, as is, there's so much around customer experience, and ours just focuses inward rather than outward.
0: Fantastic stuff. I do have to say, though, you know, the, the, the Man United uh, comments hurt a bit still to this very day. Uh,
1: because, I'm, likewise, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, a huge Liverpool fan, so don't worry. Like, it was just as to, like, why are they doing this so much better than we are?
0: Oh, well, no, I'm a huge, you see, we probably shouldn't even be having this conversation because I'm a huge <laughs> Man United supporter and I'm just broken at the moment. But let's not talk about, <laughs> let's not talk about me. I mean, you guys are, your team is doing well. Uh, so, CX was 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 one of the buzzwords for customer experience. You now say yeah. that that humanity was started um, with the idea of employee experience. How have you found it? Because traditionally, South Africa has been very much set in their ways, particularly corporate South Africa, yeah. in terms of you know why should we why should we worry about employees? I mean, I, I did a short stint for somebody. Um, who turned around one day to me and said, why, why do you expect me to acknowledge you or to say work well done uh, or any of that? I pay your salary at the end of the month and you don't yeah. thank me for that. Uh, needless to say, um, from then on, for the remainder of the period that I, that I worked in that consultancy area with this company, every month I would walk in and say thank you. But it, it's, it's, it's been a very archaic system and, and lots of ivory towers have been built. It's been very much a top-down system. How did yep. it feel for you trying to get into this space? Because people must have gone, nah, nah, sorry, this is all weird and hoodie-hoody and, you know, why must we care about staff? They,
1: they're just a number on the payroll. You know, look, I think things are changing, David. I, I really must be honest. I think that, and, and, and look, there will be people who believe in what they believe, right? And I think that the, the, the background which we come from in terms of the hierarchical, almost militaristic background, you know, like a lot of... You know, top top executives sitting in South Africa were all guys who grew up in the army. You know, who said, "Well, this is obviously how this works." You know, and I, I I didn't go, but I, you know, had a had a father who did, and uncles and whatever it might be. And in fact, lots of mates who are ten years my senior in terms of you know who were the last sort of guys into the army in the nineties who, you know, you, you you grow up being taught a way of leadership i guess um and so you know you don't it's not necessarily about blaming but it is about change right i mean you you know the i mean i I just uh finished that book with the chap who was the the ceo of disney and they talk about innovate or die and i mean all this is is an innovation on on internal works you know so you know and i think the, the other thing that's really important to me is that as much as things are shift you know it's the employee base that's shifting, not necessarily the leadership base, you know, and if you don't want to change with your times, you're going to lose your best employees because employees like me who grew up in a very different world where, you know, the, you know, as a, I don't know where I quite sit, I'm kind of in the middle of a millennial or a Gen Z, but the, you know, the point being is that I grew up in a very different world where acknowledgement was a part of growing up and, you know, these things change. and And, and if you are, as a leader in today's world, are not willing to shift with your employee base, well, it's going to be very difficult for you to keep and retain and attract great talent. And I think that's, that's what it all comes down to.
0: There's a very uh, interesting quote. I think it was Richard Branson. And I, I, let me see if I can get this right. Um, he, he believes that you should train staff well enough so that they can leave, but treat them well enough that they don't want to.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. He also is quite famous around, you know, he, he also has that quote around it's, it's, it's not about customer first, it's employee first. And that's kind of where we go down. It's, it's, you know, the, the experience of your customer is determined by your employee. And if your employee is being treated like crap, why would you expect your customer to be treated any differently you know so i think that's that's what it all comes down to for us is that if there's a a way and that doesn't mean that you have to it's this isn't a fluffy thing you know this is you know how you treat people isn't fluffy you know you you know cultures can be determined and i think this is the whole thing that people get quite wrong is that people think that this is about like you know fluffy hipster you know kumbaya stuff whereby you know performance or cultures as long as they're set and established and people have all agreed to what the, you know, what this culture needs to be, it can be as hard or as soft as you want them to be, as long as everybody's on the same page, you know, and people have agreed to a, a way of working with one another. And I think that that's kind of, you know, the biggest misconception around like all this like big culture pieces that people think that culture needs to be fluffy and soft, it can be anything but you know, you, you know, and, and again, I come back to sport a lot because it's so easy for us to sort of assimilate to, uh, or associate to, but I mean, you know, you look at high performance sports teams, it's not that because they they take it easy. It's because they have expectations on each other that are very, very high and they have ways of engaging that sometimes have conflict and sometimes are tough, but I mean, it's about the way they want to go and, and what they've agreed to be with one another. And I think that that's what a lot of that comes down to because yeah, I mean, and that's, um, you know what we try and help businesses understand is that it, it it can be whatever you want it to be, but you've got to have something established that people buy into and people understand. It can't be just you know it, it can't be just something that you just think that people should expect to know or work towards.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a it's a big sort of it's a big undertaking that 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 you you've taken on uh, because. It's something, and you're absolutely right, when you talk about the way people want to be treated. And and there is this almost quiet revolution, I believe, going on in the workforce where people are going, hang on, no, 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 no. And I mean, I I remember, you know, I grew up sort of probably a little bit before you did, but, you know, my dad, for example, he he was a product of you grow up, you go to school, you go and learn something, maybe a trade, uh, and then you get a job and you stick with that job for the rest of your life i couldn't mm. think of anything more horrifying um you know and, and i've i've worked in places where i've i've sort of done it because of whatever reasons generally it's it's monetary. And I've, I've hated it. I've hated every second of it. And I certainly haven't been a good employee. We often joke uh, that these days I'm unemployable. Uh, but uh, we get more into that in a little bit. My special guest is Sean Roth from Humanity SA. We're talking about employees and employee experience. We'll be back in just a bit. And we're back on what's involved with my special guest from Humanity SA, the Chief Experience Officer. He is Sean Roth. So, Sean, talk to me about you know because I've, I've I actually interviewed somebody um, and she was part of the uh, Singularity. I can't even think this one. Uh, the Singularity Singularity, singularity yeah. U event. Uh, the lady's name's Mimi Nicklin. and uh, she's written a book on on empathy, which is is you know this this transformational leadership kind of stuff. So that's where, it, it, when I said initially, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's coming more to the front. How do, how do you find that that corporates react to you? And, you know, are they getting better? Were they horrible in the beginning and they didn't want you
1: to interfere as they saw it? I think it's, again, and, you know, you even talk about the empathy thing. I think a lot of this stuff, and I'm going to say that in inverted commas, is, is just misunderstood, You know, empathy is also misunderstood for sympathy. You know, empathy is just trying to make sure that you have. Looked at the perspective of the person who's looking at you, you know, and, and, and the conversations that you're having. And empathy is a is a is a magnificent tool when understood properly, you know. But everybody's scared of it because they think that empathy again is the same as like, well, I feel sorry for this person, or I can pity this person, or whatever it might be. But whenever you know, what it really comes down to is teaching people just to make sure that they've looked at it through the lens of the person looking back at them, and 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 can you utilize that perspective to get to the outcome that you're looking to get to? Um, you know, our uh, yeah, I, I, you know, one of our um, um, sort of head leadership consultants Craig who's been in the game for you know sort of 20-25 years is you know a huge proponent of the empathy piece and, and he actually uses quite a lot of neuroscience and, and you know neuroscience concepts to get into empathy because it's funny when you're talking to you know these like you know the CFO or the accountants or the lawyers or whatever it might be the when you bring science into it or neuroscience they feel like Okay, well, I'll listen to this, and then you, you know, you take the neuroscience path or the neuroscience path to get to what empathy actually feels like, and all of a sudden, you've got to, you know, you've, you've got people who traditionally didn't want to listen to it now listening to it because it feels like it's more scientific. I don't know if that's that's made a bit of sense, um, but yeah, I mean, the empathy piece is huge, and, and 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 vulnerability too. You know, the you know vulnerability and empathy all all goes hand in hand because I think it's 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 what your employees are needing, and it's what you know the, the modern day human being expects out of people and i think that again is 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 so critical to the success of teams is that you know both of you are you know that 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 both parties the leader and the follower are you know ha, have got an acknowledgement of each other that and, and making making each other human you know which means that you know as a leader even i might be the ceo of fnb or whatever it might be but that doesn't mean that i don't have days where i wake up and i'm you know like anxious or worried about you know what things are looking like or whatever it might be and that showing of vulnerability and using empathy are such you know such key uh such key drivers of the people that are below you because it makes you human you know and it makes it makes what you're trying to achieve more you know more more sensical to the people who are who are following you
0: yeah indeed it is and and you know the the irony of this is a lot of it is actually common sense now uh, you know, in, a, in another life before our current circumstances, uh, we did a lot of sales training. And I dealt with a lot of salespeople in the corporate space. And one of the things that we talked to them, which is very similar to what you do, um, it's the simplified version is perspective taking or walk a mile in another man's shoes. And, mm-hmm. you know, these people used to look at us and I'm like, how do you expect to genuinely sell your product, your widget, whatever it may be, if you don't take the perspective of your client? What are you going to be able to help them with? Because the days of us selling in the old-fashioned way, those are, those are long, long gone because people have changed. And people these days, to my mind, are saying both as, as customers and in the, work, and the workforce, they're saying, but what's in it for me? Is that, a, is that a decent sort of statement from me or do you not agree with that?
1: Well, I, I, I do to a point, I think, and, and and that's where a lot of the work that we try and do is, is is around like, what is the common, you know, what is the team goal? What is the common goal? Because even as an individual and like, you know, yes, we're all in our individual careers, you know? So yes, we've got our goals and the way we want to go and how we're going to do that. But, but like, how are we aligning ourselves with the people around us and the teams and the leaders to get ourselves into a place where that can all be done. You know, like, I mean, you know, there's the, the, you know, there's no misconception that people who are young in their careers are trying to grow. So then, but how does a leader get them the best out of that person that they can, you know, help them establish growth in, in, in both what they're looking for as a leader, but then also that can help this person grow inside their career. Um, you know, and, you know, again, and I guess the word there that I, I, I need to emphasize is alignment, you know, and, and alignment can be key. It doesn't mean that we both can't win. You know, it doesn't mean that we both can't move forward in our careers and, and, and us both moving forward, the team or the company benefits from that. You know, if anything, the company should benefit from it because they, you know, if, if both of us are doing something that isn't in our interest and we're both growing the company by by virtue of both of us winning, should be winning too. Um, you know, unless you're doing some hoodwinking or some moonlighting, you know, but I mean, that's uh, that's probably a story for, 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 for the other side of HR, which I don't get too, too much involved in.
0: <laughs> Sean, Two questions. First and foremost, uh, you, you've been talking about culture. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, and again, I've seen this in, in many corporates, you walk in and they've got their values and their mission statement and everything plastered up against the walls and down the corridors. And when you ask any of the people that work there, so what is, what is your mission, vision, et cetera, et cetera, they have no idea and, and they're not yeah. particularly interested in it so where does this idea of employee experience actually sort of come into play and where does it work so so do we start off with going okay it's it's culture and then we have to define
1: culture i think to answer that i think we're a huge huge, huge proponent of values-based leadership you know, if you've got the values right and you drive values, it should, you know, the mission and the vision, you know, it, it's what we always used to do, you know, in any business case, I remember being at school doing business economics and, you'd, you know, like you'd put a company together and have a vision and a mission. And I think those are all important things. I think your staff base, and I think that your employees have got to know where we're going. You know, we've got to know where we're headed. Otherwise, there's no point in getting in the car and just driving. But, you know, what we what we really, really push is our values-based values based uh values-based culture which means that you know we put a set of values to this to how we do things and that you know it's kind of like process psychology you know if you if you focus on the process and how you do it you should get to where you you know you should get to your results so values are for us a way of process and so you know for instance you know in our uh, you know in our little company we've got nine values that we live by everybody's got an understanding of where we're trying to get to but in, you know uh, you know if if we if we do it in a particular way the way we do it should get us to where we're trying to go and i think that the, you know that's that's one of our biggest uh, you know for, for us as a business we try and really push that into our clients to you know because it's easy to to drive values and, and the ways in which we the, how we do things you know as a leader and as an employee you know if you've got four or five values that you that you live and die by you know like if you've got those are the things they're easy to to talk about all the time they're not just something that sits on a wall you know they're you know the, the and, and they become quite active in the way that you go day to day and i think that it's uh, you know it, it's a much easier way of staying true to something um yeah the vision and mission the things that are on the wall and you know like you go into lots of the bigger companies and they've got those beautiful statues you know that um you know that have got the this times this divide by this minus that you know and it's got these beautiful statues are also again like you know they're all a waste of time if you're not living by them. And if you, if, if you, that's a hard thing to live by when it's like these big pipe dreams. Whereby, you know, having a set of values that you work by. You know, like like it's it's, a, it's it's like a compass. You know, like you know when you're making decisions, do these go by the values which we're trying to drive? Uh, if I've got to have a tough conversation and I'm having this conversation based on the values that we've that we've agreed upon. You know, and, and you know the nice thing about values is that values are something that you can you know, you, you, you can have and you can adjust and you can say, right, guys, we're in a particular time of year and like, this is, the, this is go time and, you know, the values is, you know, whatever it might be, you know, high energy, you know, tough on, you know, tough on X and Y and Z and, you know, we're going to leave these things. And anyway, so yeah, without, without I, I guess, blabbering too much on it, like, I think the big thing for us is values. If, if, you can, if you can drive sets of values and they are things that you can emphasize all the time, I think that gets a lot more results than a vision and a mission that sits on a wall.
0: Right. We're getting somewhere with this, and, and we're starting to dive a little deeper into it. My special guest is Sean Raff. He is the Chief Experience Officer of Humanity SA. When we come back, more from Sean. This is what's involved. And we're back with my special guest, Sean Raff uh, from Humanity SA. Sean, a question for you. Why would we want to do this? If, if somebody is listening and they've got a, a, a business of whatever, Uh, way or whatever shape or form rather Uh, and it could be a medium business could be a corporate why would i want to go on this journey with you guys for example
1: do you want the short answer i don't know (laughs) how how (coughs) how short is the short answer the short the short answer is that it makes you more money you know, the short answer is that like when you're doing all these things right, all of the science and all of the, 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 you know, all of the statistics and all of the research suggests that businesses that are doing this right are being more successful in revenue and bottom line. And I think that that's what we're trying to drive into the customers that we are engaging with is that like this is not just about how I feel because how I feel also determines how I perform and how I perform impacts how much, you know, profit this business can drive. And I think that that's you know, what we're trying to get to is that this is not soft, fluffy, kumbaya, sit-round-a-fire stuff. It's about high performance and, and getting the most out of your people. And I think, yeah, that, that's really the the thing we are, are are really, really, really trying to emphasize. And I think that's what you talked about earlier. It's like this must be a tough environment to be into. But, I mean, you know, it's not hard to sell things that, you know, like it's not hard to sell technologies that make people higher performers, you know, like that's the the business listens, you know, whereas this is exactly the same thing. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I, I think that was longer than the short answer, but I, I hope the point has been made. That's for sure. Absolutely,
0: it has. So, so it's all about driving revenue. It's about increasing the bottom line, and being in an environment that you want to be in. I would guess. So, give me an idea. What type of a company would come and talk to you, Sean, and say, okay? you know, give me an example of a company, we can make it up, but they'd come to you and go, listen, you know, no, the only culture we get is in a tub of yogurt, please help us.
1: (laughs) You know, you know, funnily enough, our our clients range, you know, our clients range from big corporates, where we're not necessarily engaged at, you know, at the top level for a business of 5000 people, but we're involved with subsets and teams and divisions within the big corporate because there are certain leaders who want to to drive change you know and and there are certain leaders who i think get this you know that you know there are enough books out there and i think that the narrative is pretty clear that you know as you drive employee culture and high performance and all these things that you know which are involved in the journey that we 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 look to work with somebody because i think that's kind of what we're really trying to emphasize and i'm glad that you brought the word up as a journey because the journey is from when somebody first engage with your company. So that might be through a recruiter. It might be through uh, a referral. It might be through somebody who talks about what they do in their job and you know, whatever it might be, you know, through the process of how I got uh, recruited into this business. And I do apologize for the drilling. Uh, our, our, our building has uh, has been emptied since COVID and now it seems that they're bringing back some uh, some tenants. And so I do apologize if you can hear the drilling in the background. But, you know, the, the the point being is that that journey that starts in talent acquisition in terms of like, well, how are we bringing in the best people for this business? That goes all the way through to the, the culture of the business, how people feel and experience the, the internal driving to the development programs. And then as far as leadership training and then all the way to, you know, we want people who leave businesses to be assets, not liabilities. And that's our biggest goal. You know, people will leave your business. You know, people, you know, this. You know, there are very few young employees these days that like you talked about your father earlier, who's, you know, who stuck out that job for 30 years, got the golden watch and left. You know, but when people leave, it's not a bad thing. It means that either you've developed them that they've got bigger, you know, they've got into a bigger job or you've developed them and that they feel that they're going to change. But if they leave your business as an asset, you know, that, 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 that talks about your business in, in huge, like positive lights. And that the way that you impacted them as a professional, et cetera, et cetera, you, that is what the, the brand that you're looking to, to create. And, and through that, um, you know, we are getting people into, uh, you know, like that's, that's what we're trying to drive. And I think to get back to your question, the, what does a client look like? You know, often it's the SOS call that goes, you know, shucks, Sean, I'm not too sure what to do. Like I'm bleeding people left, right. I can't, you know, my high performers are leaving and I don't know what to do or flip my, I, I, I know that our, tox, our, our culture is toxic, but I don't know how to change it. Or, you know, th- so those are kinds of the start of the conversations. And, and, and our biggest, you know, our biggest goal is to, to make sure that we've one, assessed actually what might be the problem. And, and often it's, it's the, you don't know what you don't know. And so for us to come in and really have a look see as to how, you know, your total system looks, and that can be in, in, in multiple spheres. We, we really do believe in data. We believe in making sure that we've looked at, we, we, that, that, that you look at things objectively and not subjectively. And a lot of the culture piece and the things that guys are worried about is actually more subjective than they'd like to think. Um, so we use you know a lot of tools and we, we use a lot of uh, forms of assessment and, and interviewing and qualitative and quant- quantitative data to make sure that we've really assessed where somebody might be having problems. And then once we've got that assessment done, we try and, you know, and, and and fulfill a strategy role with these guys as to like, well, what can the change look like for you over time? You know, it's, it's you know, people don't like change and particularly now with COVID in the world in terms of like how anxious everybody feels, like you can't come in and, you know, you can't come in and wipe the floor with these huge changes. You've got to be really, really careful as to how you drive you know, a a, a process in terms of like getting a business to where they want to be in terms of that people feel valued, people feel like they want to be at work, people feel that they've got the purpose because once you've got all those things right, people are coming and they're going to be better performers for you. Um, and and, and, And again, that's the thing that impacts bottom line and those are the things that everybody at the moment are desperate for, you know? I mean, times are tough. You know, why wouldn't you want to be doing everything that you can to get the best out of the employees that you've potentially managed just to keep, you know, because you've had to retrench or whatever it might be?
0: Yeah, lots and lots of, of valid points in there. And, and it certainly is an interesting way of, of approaching something in terms of your culture and how you deal with people in your organization. Before, we, we, we're we about to go uh, into a break and, and we, we're running out of time, as I always do, because I love talking to people about this kind of stuff. Sean, where would... Company culture, staff, because to my mind, and something I'm very, very passionate about is small businesses and Mm -hmm. medium businesses, because I believe those are going to be the big corporates of tomorrow. But where would it start? Where where do you start or need
1: to start thinking about these things? I think if I if I've understood, I think when you talk about like where does it start, I think my first initial reaction to that question is it has to start with the leader. It has to start at the top, and it has to go all the way down through that organization and, 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 you know, you look at just organizations that just have got this right. You go look at the leader, you know, and then you go look at organizations. And I mean, we work into lots of companies where the middle managers are trying to do something about this, but yet the guys at the top just aren't that interested. And you can just see how hard this is then to drive, you know, because it's, you know, you, you can see that guys are wanting it in the middle, but, if it's, not, if it's not driven from the top, it's, it's a very, very difficult thing. And I mean, when, when, you, know, when you talk about small businesses, I mean, we, have, we as a small business have got to try and live our own brand, right? I mean, like we've got to try and do these things. And let me tell you, it is very, very difficult. You know, we have a team of, of, of 16 people and even in our small team of 16 people, getting this right all the time, is, it takes active and lots of work. You know, we, you know and, and, and those are the things that you've got to try and live and breathe because this can't be an, an intervention, you know, it's not an intervention or a facilitation. This is this is consistency. It's about driving. It's about making sure that this stuff is done all day, every day by the leaders in the business because it will drive the what you're looking for in terms of the values and the culture that you want in your people. Um, and I think that's probably, again, one of the big misconceptions is that somebody can come in and do a huge workshop and everybody feels hoorah and they want to high five and they feel great. But then if it's not driven consistently, you know, you talk about like driving a way of working. If you aren't driving that every day, nothing's going to change. You know, our, our neural pathways are are fixed to go into autopilot. And if you aren't changing it, you know, like day on, day on, day on, it's it's going to go back to old habits without, without fail. Um, and I, I, that's one of our big drivers as to, well, how do we consistently over time create change rather than come in and, you know, do one big intervention and like, like, you know, like, like all good public speakers do or, or motivational speakers of which I feel are really important in, in this world, but to listen to a message and feel great, you know, for a day or two doesn't then impact the long lasting change that you want in your masses. And so it really is about like small things over time rather than one big change or intervention.
0: Very good point there. My special guest is Sean Roth. He is from Humanity SA. When we come back, we'll be wrapping it up with Sean. This is What's Involved. So good to have you along with us. And we're back, wrapping it up with Sean Roth, my special guest from Humanity SA. He's the Chief Experience Officer. Sean, you made some very valid points uh, uh, before the break. and And one of the things that while you were talking just came to my mind, it's one of my frustrations as well. Is that very often companies would call people like yourself, people like myself, in when they are in crisis uh, for myself uh, i 'm talking about the uh, sales perspective of things, and then you go in there for for sort of two days and you show people there's a different way of acting, a different way of behaving and you know some some technology etc cetera, etc, cetera. and it 's all great, and then you walk out of there, and the problem is that you know, you can walk out of there on a Friday, for example, and by Monday, all of those good vibey feelings and yay, we all like love each other. We're now pointing in the right direction and we slip back. You talked about neural pathways. uh, And I love the fact that you are very clear that these things are small incremental changes. How long do you Mm -hmm. work with with an average
1: client for? Sure. I mean, we, we have clients that we've been with for two and a half, three years, you know, but not on a massive scale, but we're almost like an, we become an accountability partner. So, you know, when you are working with leaders and leadership within, you know, organizations, I mean, we, you know, our, our our longest lasting clients, probably a 500 employee strong business. And we've been working with them now for just almost three years around, you know, long-term strategies and, and, and and our, our, I get the, what we do now for them is we've got a tool that obviously gives them all the data, but what we're doing is we're then assessing all that data with them on a consistent basis. And we're holding them accountable to the things that they committed to as a leadership team, you know? So, you know, there's that, you know, cars and theory is a, is, 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 is such a, such an awesome way of thinking about it. Because again, like we don't want any of this to feel fluffy. We want this to feel like science because we know, and we can, you know, the research all suggests that when you do all these things, right, it's, it's about profitability and, uh, you know, like it's a, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, that that's that's for us, like how long we work for guys. I mean, we have lots of clients who, we, you know, it might be budget specific and they say, shucks, we, you know, can we do one thing and we, we you know, we can do that. But our goal is really to be a, a partner with businesses we work either with leadership or HR or, you know, whoever the the, the the stakeholder who who's trying to drive a way of working you know we we look to partner that person and we look to support and you know we've you know we've got multiple ways in which that can do but i mean yeah i mean the what we do is very fluid and and, and it needs to be because there's no one way you know every way needs to be totally specific to the need of that person at that time um you know and and that client and and what's happening with their people and you know all those things and so yeah it's it, it's not a yeah, it's certainly not a system where you go, well, you know, here's the, here's, here's the model, this is what we're going to do, and it'll work. It, it, it needs to be totally based on the situation and the time and the people and the resources and all, the, all those good things. And it can be small and it can be big, but if you're doing, you know, at least if you've got the small things and you're doing them, you know, you, you can still drive huge change within your organization. Indeed. Now, Sean, what is your vision and,
0: and what is the vision of Humanity Essay. What's your big picture? Where are you going to?
1: So our big picture, I think, you know, we, we, we funnily enough had a, had a town hall uh, internally in our business on Friday. And, and, and I kept trying to drive the message inside our business. And they asked me, you know, when we, when we started this business, what was, the, what was our purpose? And one of, the internal purpose of our business was to, to be one of the best businesses in the world to work for. So that was one. So I mean, you know, internally, that's, that's our message is that we want to be one of the best businesses because if you've got one of the best businesses to work for, you, will, you are going to drive great things out of people and you're going to, and you're going to attract great people to come and work for you. Um, but then on the other side of that, it's to help then businesses be the same thing. You know, how, how do we help businesses be great businesses to work for? And how do we take, how do we help you take people along great journeys, you know, and that's, and that's really what it looks like. Um, You know, we don't, you know, like our, our, our goals have never been things that look like revenue. Our goals are like how we work because how we work will drive revenue. Um, And so, so that's, 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 that's how we want. And I think, yeah, that's, that's the messaging from us and to our clients and internally, you know, you've got to live what you are and that's, we want to be what we are internally to our clients too. Makes
0: a lot of sense. And as you were talking again, I was I was sitting here thinking, you know, back in the in the old days, in the olden days, as they say, um, it was all about profit. It was all about bottom line, but there was no humanity in it. And that I said humanity uh, with intent there, because it was, you know, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care about this. This is what you're there to do. Shut up, knuckle down, and do it. And, and so often, and I've seen this in my career, there are square pegs that have been hammered into round holes. And this, this mm-hmm. creates so much friction within a company. Sean, we're running out of time. And, and before I let you go, I do want to ask you one more thing, though. Uh, for Sean Raff specifically, yeah. what is your next? Where are you heading to? What is your big vision?
1: So if you ask my mates uh, and you ask my wife, like uh, the the big dream is to stand on a TED stage and and shout this from the rooftops. Really, like I, I believe in what we do massively. I believe in the power and the potential of people, and I think that that's you know like that's what I want. You know, I I want great. I want teams to succeed and people to succeed. It's it's a huge driver. So you know, on a personal level, I mean, like this is 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 my partner Ali and myself. This is you know this is our business, and we we are driven like heck to make sure that we are able to to influence, you know, the, the, the clients in the world around us. And so that's that's the big picture. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, to, it's to make a mark. And, uh, you know, and, and that's that's a big thing is to watch people and businesses and leaders succeed around us, because that means we're doing, our, you know, it's what we're doing and we're doing it properly. Wonderful. Now, is
0: that just for South Africa? Or is is, is your vision to go South Africa up into Africa, and then potentially overseas as well?
1: Yeah, we, we have a couple of clients up in Africa. So we've, we've got a couple of mines, funnily enough, up, up through, you know, north of the borders, which we've been working with some exec teams on. And that's been, that's been really, really cool work. And I, I guess the virtual world that we've begun to live and breathe in terms of how we communicate, you know, have really opened up our eyes to, to opportunities. Um, you know, look, there's a lot of work to be done you know right here at home but i mean there's no there's nothing that says that we can't do this internationally i think there's a you know the, obviously you know like uh, you know big uh to be a big global player, I don't know if that's what you know what what drives us to wake up in the morning. But it, it, if that is a result of what we do day in and day out, well then that's great. You know, I think. But yeah, I mean, we've we've worked with with clients up in Africa. We have a, a big client base across South Africa. So I mean, there's no, you know, there's there's, there's I mean, and, and this space, like you said, there's a lot of work to go around. And so you know, there are lots of you know, there's lots of good work to be done. And 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 when people start to trust what you do and they start to see the results, well, we're going to be very busy people. And I think. You know, we, we're excited about where this journey is going because I think that all of what is happening right now and COVID has really, really highlighted the need for people to be at the forefront of your attention. Uh, you know, that, and, and that is, that's what we're excited about. We, I think that people are shifting and they're starting to really, really see the importance of like why, it's, you know, of, of why treating people in a manner that, that gets good results for them is, is important. And so that's exciting.
0: Fantastic. So if somebody wants to get hold of yourself or of Humanity Essay, what is the best way to do that?
1: So look, the website, which you know, is, is has been all newly developed around a virtual world. So humanitysa.ca.za, So Our website's got everything. Uh, we've got hello at humanitysa.ca.zs. So people could email us, and then our LinkedIn page is, is 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 very active as well. So you know, all of those channels. We've got Facebooks and Instagrams as well. That's a bit more social and a bit more, you know, a bit more playful. But you know, you know, our website um and our LinkedIn pages are probably the, the best places to contact us and, you know, get get a hold of us and see what we're up to.
0: Wonderful stuff. That has been my special guest, Sean Roth. Thank you, Sean, for taking the time out and having a chat to us. Uh, I hope we've made some people sit up and take notice and maybe start to do things just a little bit differently. I wish you and uh, your entire team all the best. Once again, a very big thank you to you.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, David.
0: Cheers, man. Cheers. There we go. My special guest, Sean Raff. HumanitySA.co.za is the place to go. And that wraps it up for this particular hour of what's involved. To each and every one of you, thank you for listening.